and streaming online right now at FoxSportsRapidCity.com. From the biggest national names to the hottest local stories, welcome to the Nate Brown Show. Here's your host, Nate Brown. It's always a great day in the Black Hills. A little bit of winter here, though, mid-February, huh? A little bit of winter on a Wednesday. The Nate Brown Show is back. We're live from our downtown studio, Fox Sports Rapid City, listening on 106.7 FM, also 1150 AM. We're back up and rolling. Five states strong on the radio side. Welcome in. Picks us up on your phone on Twitter, at Nate Brown Show. Watch the show live in studio, at Nate Brown Show on Twitter. The Nate Brown Show on YouTube, and finally the live stream, FoxSportsRapidCity.com. We are there and everywhere. The Nate Brown Show brought to you in part by the Rehab Doctors. When it comes to an injury, when it comes to pain, you want to get checked out, the Rehab Doctors, board-certified specialists since 1997, providing exceptional care for the Black Hills. You have a choice for your medical care for pain relief without surgery. That's the team. For pain relief without surgery, take the first step to feeling better, therehabdoctors.com. On the Wednesday show, I like it. Looks like a great guest lineup. We're off and running. Mike Wall's going to join us. Packers, uh, former offensive lineman for the Packers. Uh, reaction uh, to a lot of things. A little bit more Super Bowl, a little bit more Super Bowl, and then uh, some discussion with Mike Wall, former Packer offensive lineman, uh, straight ahead live. Bob Nightingale checks in today. We're lucky to get him. He's busy. Bob Nightingale, senior Major League Baseball writer, USA Today. And you're like, he's busy. What's going on? No baseball, but today would have been the day that we started spring training. Today is the official start of Major League Baseball spring training. Not a huge deal for most people, but it just kind of gives you the sign here. Day 78 of the lockout. Day 78 of the lockout, and now we have an update for tomorrow. Major League Baseball and the players tomorrow. We have a little update. Bob Nightingale live from Phoenix. He doesn't have any spring training going on quite yet, but covering the lockout. We're going to go up to Fargo tonight. Fargo, North Dakota, a little bit colder than it is here. I'm just guessing. Just guessing. Eric Peterson covers the Bison for Inforum.com. An update from them as we get the show started here. Eric Peterson on the way from Fargo. Stu Whitney is in from Sioux Falls, former Argus leader, sports writer, longtime columnist, Stu Whitney live, and St. Thomas More head boys basketball coach, Dave Hollenbeck checks in. So we are packed on a Wednesday, ready to go. A couple of questions of the day. We'll get those cranking as well. Let's have some fun. Some quality content on a Wednesday on the Nate Brown Show. You can join the program, 720-1067. Rapid City's call-in show will get you on, 720-1067. And the Barons-Wilson text line open and ready. Direct text the show right here, 720-1067 on the Barons-Wilson text line. All right? So we're off and running here today, and it's interesting. So... I wasn't planning on tying yesterday with today, but, you know, the day develops, the news develops, and, and something regionally here that I saw that got my attention. And I think it's interesting, and it seems like an annual debate. I don't know if the debate goes very far, but it seems like an annual discussion and an annual debate. And I'm thinking this year, just this year, right here today, February 16th, I'm going to kill this debate. I am going to just kill this, whatever it is, argument, point, um, quest. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. We're going to kill it 
uh, today. I'm not going to get too angry, but I'm going to kill this debate because it keeps on coming up, it seems like, every year. So yesterday I told you about this new name, image, and likeness in college football, just college football mainly, this new name, image, and likeness dollar amount that's been thrown around just to compete in college football in the recruiting world. If you missed it, The Athletic had a big piece out yesterday that said a program like the Tennessee Volunteers, you know, not a powerhouse in the SEC, but they need to be more relevant in the SEC and they need to get with it. Tennessee, they have, they have a big base, popular program. They've had success. We know that. As of late, not so much. Tennessee, for example, has to go out and find 10 to 15 million every year to, to get recruits for the football program now. That's not that's not scholarship stuff and, and that whole mess. You know, that that's the easy part. This is 10 to 15 million with outside boosters and donors creating these various booster clubs, essentially, LLCs and whatever you want to call them, of providing extra dollars for sponsorships, endorsements, business deals. And they say you've got to get it up. Basically, is that the number? 10 to 15 million a year on top of all the rest of the stuff. On top of all the rest of the stuff. And guess what? Guess what? Some people say that's low. I had John Bryce on yesterday, college football writer. He said, yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a big dollar amount, but in the big picture of an SEC football program, it's low. And as a matter of fact, at some universities, they're going to go forget ten to fifteen million. It's going to be twenty five to fifty million every year. New money, new money every year to get recruits to sign deals to get them to come to your university football program to play. And so it's so interesting. You know what's interesting? They say. 10 to 15 million is going to be easy to cover. That's what's that's what's being thrown around from the athletic story is when you look at the budgets, when you look at the powerhouse stuff here, 10 to 15 million's nothing. It is nothing. Okay? That so so why do I bring that up from from yesterday? I find it interesting. We'll see how how many dollars need to be spent, how many dollars uh, and deals need to be made to get competitive, quote-unquote, recruiting classes in big boy football. But say like Tennessee, 10 to 15 million a year. And then at other programs, it's, it's going to be even more. And the point is, donors that are doing that, it's, it's easy. Basically, that's what the, the, the perspective is. It's easy. It's not hard. And so it's interesting. I bring up this regional story today. Let's go to a different level of football. This story comes out today. And we know this because we've seen them. FCS football, North Dakota State University. The best of the best, right? I know the Jacks have been in there and, and trying to take them down. They can't get it done. Um, the Bison Athletic Department, their FCS, this isn't even you know the big boys necessarily. They just set a record. They just set a record in their fundraising campaign for athletics and their athletic fund of $160.3 million. $160.3 million the Bison are bringing in Fargo, North Dakota into their athletic fund. And you know what the debate is every year I hear at this time? Here's a big article in Inforum.com. From our friend Rob Port, and I say that, I've had Rob on the show. He said, we can't keep raising money like this for athletics. This should be going to academics. Okay, 
Let me get more to the story. First, I'll get a call. Thanks for getting in. You're live, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up? Well, NCAA or somebody better get control of this thing pretty quickly because we have we have salary caps in in professional sports to prevent this exact thing from happening, where teams with you know big TV contracts, big cable TV agreements like the Yankees, for instance, or the Dodgers, or you know in the big markets, the Cubs, people like that um, can't overwhelm. Smaller markets like Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Kansas City, people like that. So, if the professionals require a salary cap, you know, or a, a, a limit on or a tax, salary, you know, like like Major yeah. League Baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but there's a tax in there. Right. So there's a penalty if you go over that, or you can't exceed it in certain sports. So, if they require that in, in professional sports for the you know, sake of of parity and keeping things somewhat on a on an even playing field, how how are colleges supposed to compete with these these um, schools that can raise this kind of money? I mean, how is how is a Kansas State, for instance, or you know, even 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 in Nebraska? I would say how how are they going to compete with Texas A and M and these other schools that are you know raising that kind of money. I don't know if they are. Out. I don't know if they are. And if you can't, then basically, what's what's the purpose of you know of really recruiting heavily if you can't pay these guys? And these kids know this now. They know they're going to go where the big bucks are because some of them, you know, are never going to make it in the in the pros. They they can make a ton of money just in college, and if they don't make it in the NFL or Major League, whatever the sport is, you know, they've they can still make made their money. money <laughs> still right. make their money. And so, how how are these other schools ever going to compete? I mean, it's basically going to come down to who who's got the most name, image, and likeness money. Like a Texas A&M this year, they're able to out I think even so. The Georgias and, and until, until there's rules put in place, it, it's a free for all. It's an so absolute free for all. Yeah, if you're if if you don't have those kind of alumni donors, you might as well just cash it in. You might as well, yeah. You know, we might we might compete for a conference championship, maybe a division championship in our conference, but without attracting those you know blue chip athletes which obviously they're going to go where they can make the most money right now. How how are these other schools ever going to be able to compete and get the athletes that these other schools get? Yeah, it's, that's, it's, I was worried about it. No no guardrails. No guardrails. Yeah. And now there's no, no, there's no, no controls on anything. So no, they're, they're, I know. It. It's free agency, uncontrolled. Less, less, yeah, and that's even less controlled than professional sports, which right, should be right. the reverse. No, I got you on it. I got you on it. I'm really worried. If I'm I'm an athletic director at some of these, uh, even major universities, you know, you don't have, you can't generate that kind of money, then you're done. Yeah, tough. You're done. Tough. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, And that's right, by the way. It all comes down to support. Who has the greatest support? Who has the most money? Who has the biggest donor base? And (laughs) that's what's interesting. And who has the passionate donor base? Who has a passionate donor base? 
and that's where I want. That's where I'm referencing this um, story out of North Dakota. So, so there's always this. You know, I've I've been uh, I've discussed this, and and I've threw it out there a little bit. Is North Dakota State? This is a smaller level. They go 160 million in their campaign for athletics, and that number dwarfs any other academic department. That's what the that's what the article is about today. Basically, like um, health professions, health professions at North Dakota State, forty five million total they brought in. Athletics they brought in one hundred and sixty million. Um, human sciences education, six and a half million. Right, <laughs> right. So now everybody's saying, "See, this is the problem with college sports. This is the problem." There's all this money going into athletics, but I, but I am going to tell you this. I am going to tell you this. Pump the brakes on it, okay? North Dakota State, what do we know North Dakota State for? You all know the answer to that. Everybody knows the answer to it. Yes, unfortunately, it's not for their health professions um, curriculum in degrees. Unfortunately, what, what's, it, what's it known for? All day, every day, even nationally now with game day and the whole thing for Bison football. And the money's coming in. I'm, I'm here to tell you, donors give money to things they're passionate about. So the argument that I hear, it seems like, again, every year, and I'm, and I'm going to kibosh it. I'm going to hit it right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut it down. I hope maybe it doesn't come back next year. Let's not be surprised anymore how much money is raised for athletics from the FCS level to the name, image, and likeness level, we can't be surprised by it. We can't be stunned that North Dakota State just set a record in fundraising and a big boatload of it went to athletics, the North Dakota State Team Makers Athletic Fund. Okay? $160 million. And again, it just blasts every other department up there. It blasts every other department. But the deal is this. The, the deal is this. People say, well, if you didn't have that model in college sports, if you didn't have the model where we raised all the money and scholarships and facilities, if you just had it as a club sport, then all the educational side would get this money. That's that's what I've been told. I've been, academics and education would get all this money. Don't 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 be clueless. Don't be clueless. You have to understand the sports aspect of every university, whether it's North Dakota State or whoever, this article out today, they set a record. $586 million raised for North Dakota State in their campaign. $586 million, 160 of that's athletics, the biggest chunk. And it's broken up into all the rest of the stuff in that foundation. We have to, you have to realize people are going to be connected to a university how? How are they connected? Not not necessarily robotics club. It's a you know that's good. It's all good, but the big connections are through what? Why do people go to some of these universities? Why do you think North Dakota State may be as big as it is? If they didn't have Bison football, would it be what it is? Even enrollment wise, academic wise, I asked that question because uh, the article in Inform.com up there in Fargo said. All of this money's just out of control. It needs to go into academics. I'm not hitting the academic side. What I'm telling you is athletics 
actually helps the academic slash enrollment side. Usually, usually, okay? When I say that, enrollment at this university or that university, positively impacted by athletics, positively. It's the front porch of every institution, whether it's an engineering school or whether it's the University of Nebraska. By the way, the Huskers raise so much money internally that they turn around and give money back to the academic side. The academic side doesn't give much to the Husker Athletic Fund, but the Huskers turn around and give money back to the academic side. So I think there's there's this uh, false idea that, well, if, if universities just focus solely on academics, it would be a perfect world and we'd have millions and millions and millions of dollars funneling in for academics and research and scholarships. I have to tell you, I raised money for three years. I raised fundraising scholarships for three years at a university here in town, right here. The athletic side was still a major, major focus of who? The donors. An app, I mean, a massive focus of the donors. Can you tell donors how to be engaged with a university? Well, we really want you to give to the human sciences department. We, we, we really, really need that. Well, that's nice. I, I understand what's the connection, what's the passion. Donors and people give to their passions, and people want to separate college athletics from the college. They're not separate. As a matter of fact, athletics starts in middle school, high school as an educational side. You get to big boy college sports, and yeah, we kind of uh, separate that out, unfortunately. But athletics is an educational piece to your whole self as a student, right? That's, that's what it's all built around, right? We can't, we, you're not going to be able to take the college athletics out of the college as um North Dakota uh, Fargo says today, are these the right priorities for a taxpayer-funded institution that was founded to educate students and not operate as a sports entertainment enterprise? That's the line in the article today, talking about North Dakota State's record-setting campaign, which a big amount went to athletics. The deal is this. The donors speak with their dollars on what are priorities to them. College sports is one of those things we've got. Now we got a lot of things going here. We got name, image, and likeness, and uh, universities are saying, "Hey, we need you guys to help out here because we can't really get involved here, but we need some help there." And there's donors lining up to do it. So many is a fact; it's going to be out of control. There's, there's folks lining up to do it. And I think sometimes, yes, it can get out of control, but at the same time, you think about donors that support universities, they connect through athletics. They have the passion through athletics, whether it's football, basketball, whatever sport it may be. And by the way, the university as a whole is better for it. More times than not, the university as a whole is better for it. Do athletics cost some universities? Yes. Athletics cost some universities, there's no doubt. Let me just tell you, what would North Dakota State be without Bison football? Enrollment-wise, brand-wise, the whole picture. What, what would it be if you really said, hey, take out athletics. We're going we're gonna to get all these donors, and, and they're going to give to academics. I'm telling you, they won't. I'm telling you, athletics enhances even academic donations. 
Who were the who were the number one donors that I worked with? From a university standpoint, who do you think were the number one donors that I worked with? Former athletes. The former athletes went on to be leaders of companies, went on to make really successful lives and careers, and they were connected through athletics teams and that experience, and that keeps the athletic department rolling at universities. You don't have that connection. The athletics gives you the ultimate connection, and people say, well, it's just, it's just, it's just too much. It is. It is. But where are you going to tell the donors where to put it? How is North Dakota State going to, well, $160 million for athletics? Yeah, we, that, that's just not going to work. You think you could uh, support this department instead? I'm here to tell you they won't. And it all works together. Just because you're not getting it in educational departments as, as, as high of an amount as you need sometimes, I'm telling you, the athletic side, if it wasn't there, you may not be getting what you're already getting over there from some folks. And that's a fact. Coming right back with Bob Nightingale, Major League Baseball writer, as we get started on a Wednesday, today would be the day spring training officially started. Today would be the day spring training officially started. How close are these discussions? We're going to have a sit-down tomorrow, Major League Baseball and the Players Association. Let's kind of get into, uh, speaking of money, I've got some thoughts here with Bob Nightingale, USA Today, Major League Baseball writer, live next. Your sports, your show. This is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM, Fox Sports, Rapid City. Rapid City in the Black Hills, if you're shopping for a new vehicle before you buy, stop by Gateway, one of our two locations, 123 Omaha or 410 North Campbell. We specialize in credit rebuilder programs. We specialize in finding you the rarest cars in the market. We specialize in the funnest car buying experience. If you have good credit, bad credit, no problem. We specialize in people. Gateway Autoplex with one of the largest inventories in the Black Hills. I'm Scott Anna, And I'm Adam Ray. And nobody, I mean nobody, beats a Gateway deal. Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Cloudy tonight with a chance for snow. Lows around 12. Northeast winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 41. Tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sun. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night. Lows around 30. Daytime highs approaching 49. Friday, under partly cloudy skies. 58 Saturday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Currently, it's 23. Are you dreaming of summer adventures? Plan for fun, but wait to pay with help from Black Hills Federal Credit Union. Through March 31st, take advantage of BHFCU's recreational vehicle loan specials. Wait 90 days until your first payment or cash in on a low rate and prepare for summer fun. Learn more at BHFCU.com. Text or call 605-718-1818 or discuss BHFCU financing with your dealer. Other restrictions apply. BHFCU is a member-owned, not-for-profit. The South Dakota Lottery is all about good fun. But too much fun is not good fun. Like too much ice cream. Brain freeze is not fun. Or roller coasters. Too much fun is not... Or lottery games. Too much fun is not good fun. That's why the South Dakota Lottery reminds you to always play only for fun. And if you can't, help is available and always confidential. Because too much fun is not good fun. Play responsibly. Keep the fun good. Learn more at keepthefungood.com. 
With two locations in Rapid City, Pizza Ranch is ready to serve your family. Every Wednesday is Kids Day. This is the best deal out there with the best buffet in town. One child, 12 and under, eats free for every regular-priced adult at the Pizza Ranch Buffet Wednesdays. And don't forget their senior special every Tuesday for $8.99. The Pizza Ranch Buffet. It's all good at the Pizza Ranch with two locations in Rapid City. And remember, daily online specials for carryout or delivery at Pizza Ranch. Honda True. Discover three tiers of vehicle coverage that work for you. Only at Denny Menholt Rushmore Honda. The inspection is just the beginning. Honda certified pre-owned means peace of mind with incredible benefits like seven-year, 100,000-mile powertrain coverage, up to two complimentary oil changes, 24-7 roadside assistance, inspection report, and three-day exchange option. Check out all the benefits and search inventory at honda-true.com or come by Denny Menholt Rushmore Honda in Rapid City. Ever since Barron's Wilson Funeral Home first opened their doors in Rapid City 140 years ago, they have continued to make personal service their number one priority. In your time of grief, they offer a personal touch by being at your side through every step of the funeral process. They answer difficult questions and guide you toward other professional services you may need. See for yourself the wide variety of services they can provide for you by visiting their website at barronswilson.com. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the South Dakota Army National Guard. Aired by the South Dakota Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, it's Colin Cowart. Great to be in the Black Hills. Getting the herd weekdays, 10 to 1, 1067 FM and 11.50 AM. Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in your sports, your show, the Nate Brown Show live on a Wednesday. We're packed tonight. Former Green Bay Packer Mike Wall is on the way. We'll talk NFL and more. Well, there's speculation about a Vikings quarterback. Imagine that. Middle of the week, what it was a sleepy Wednesday. I've got your speculation of the Vikings quarterback coming up. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, we're going to hit on this uh, with Eric Peterson coming up. He covers the North Dakota State Bison for Fargo'sInForum.com. They set a record with their campaign, $160 million brought in for athletics. Big chunk of that for athletic scholarships. And a debate is, uh, should a university like that be raising all of that money for sports? I'm here to tell you, that's how the world is working. And the sports are seen as a as a drag. I don't I don't believe that. I think if North Dakota State doesn't have Bison football, 
it's in a lot different place. I mean, it is in a lot, uh, in a in a whole different world. I, I believe that. Um, Stu Whitney's coming up as well, live from Sioux Falls, former Argus leader writer. All right, so uh, this guy's busy reporting, and I've got him tonight, Major League Baseball writer, usatoday.com. USA Today, Bob Nightingale's covered the league a long time, Hall of Fame voter, the whole thing. And he's reporting tomorrow there will be another negotiating session tomorrow between the players and Major League Baseball. But uh, today would have been the day. You know, Bob, he's been down there covering spring training all these years. Today would have been the day we start spring training. That has not happened. And Bob Nightingale joins us on the Nate Brown Show talking Major League Baseball. Bob, thanks for coming on. How are you? Yeah, doing well, Nate. Yeah, was over at the actually the Seattle Mariners camp today, you know, uh, in the Padres camp. But you know, they have minor leaguers, obviously. Uh, Ichiro was in Seattle camp, but no, but no, no major leaguers. Interesting. Um, so, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. This has gone how um, slow to you when you think about this, starting in December to now. Why such a slow process? Well, I just think the two sides, there's so much distrust and hatred toward each other uh, between the negotiators, you know, with, with Dan Halem on the MLB side, Bruce Meyer on the uh, on the union side, just a uh, lot of distrust, a lot of, you know, a lot of acrimony. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is only the sixth negotiation session since December 1st. We're talking about, you know, 77 days. Uh, you know, this will only be their second negotiation session in 16 days. You know, just they're moving so slow. Uh, they got to have something done by the end of the month, but then you're going to have to have you know, opening day pushback. You're going to have uh, players missing paychecks, owners missing, you know, checks from the t- you know, local TV and things like that. So uh, you can get real nasty if we don't have something done here in about two, two and a half weeks. You know, you can get into the weeds on this stuff, like casual fans are looking at it going, oh, what, what's going on here? Why, why is this happening? Um, one thing I've noticed, and you can explain it, they're trying to get basically some of the average salaries up, right? Baseball's middle class, which rosters are made up of some of these quote-unquote middle class guys, and the number that they get paid has not really been in line with revenue growth over the years. Um, explain that side of it. Yeah, the average uh, salary has gone down the last uh, for the last four years when revenues have you know gone up, except for the pandemic, of course. Revenues were way down then where, uh, you know, baseball said they lost about $2.5 billion. But, yeah, it's not growing with the, uh, you know, with the sport. And uh, so the, the trouble is the younger players aren't getting paid. So if you're not an arbitration eligible guy, and you know you need three years of service, they can pay you the minimum or close to it. So you have a guy like the all-star first baseman, or not all-star, but first baseman Pete Alonso of the Mets. He's made more money off the home run derby the last two years than he has in salary with the Mets. And that's not right. And so then once you do become a free agent, a lot of times you're 29, 30 years old, and so you're not, you're not going to get paid uh, like you should because they'll think, well, you're past your prime. Your prime is 26 or 27. So what the union's trying to do is get guys paid earlier. Right now it's the lowest minimum salary in, uh, among the four major sports, and they're trying to get a pool going uh, to pay the young players you know, much, much earlier. What do you think the players' sticking point or points will be? I mean, you got another session tomorrow. 
Um, I don't know if the players are going to give in a lot of stuff. What are they trying to stick to? Is it that salary uh, piece of earlier free agency? What are they sticking to? Well, they certainly want more money up front early. Right now they want a uh, $100 million uh, pool, bonus pool for the young players, 0-3. Uh, baseball is at $15 million. So obviously a huge disparity there. And then the luxury tax. Baseball wants to go from 210 to 214. The union says, you know, they've gone from 248 to 245. So, and uh, the union says, your, your taxes are too high and you got to come up. So, I think both sides are going to need a compromise there. And then, you know, they'll figure out the draft lottery and, you know, tanking issues as far as three teams get lottery picks and, uh, and lottery picks among the first. We're three clubs, not eight clubs, you know, that sort of thing. So the rest you can compromise. I think the two issues are the uh, that, that, that fund, you know, the $100 million fund for young guys and the luxury tax. It's interesting. Bob Nightingale, a couple more. I've got them on usatoday.com, Major League Baseball writer. Do you think they're going to be able to get a revenue share increase? I felt like that was an early thing they talked about a lot. They want more of the revenue the players do. Well, what, yeah, what they want is the, uh, for teams not to share the revenue like they are. So they're asking the teams originally to uh, share $100 million less than they normally do. And uh, baseball said no. Now they said, okay, how about $30 million less? And baseball said no. They said, we need this to small Americans to survive. Uh, you know, we need the teams like Tampa and Kansas City, uh, you know, to, to keep up with people. And, uh, and and the kind of curb the spending of teams like the Dodgers, who are two hundred eighty-five million dollars last year. So you know, uh, you know, baseball's embarrassed by the fact that here they got you know the Dodgers at two eighty-five, Cleveland's around fifty fifty million. You know, it's just the disparity is by far the greatest in all sports. Just too great. And you know, you need the small markets to uh, compete. I mean, you know, why is Kansas City, uh, you know, Chiefs a, a power in the NFL? Uh, where the Kansas City Royals are a small market team in baseball, the same market. Even though we aren't seeing the numbers, Bob, as much, um, and, and we don't know for sure, are we getting a picture that the owners in Major League Baseball have made a lot of dollars and the players have been on the shorter end? Is the public getting that picture? Yeah, well, it's tough to know exactly the owners make. You know, their, their books aren't open. Uh, Atlanta's uh, books are open because they're owned by Liberty Media. So, you know, we're knowing they're making at least, you know, drawing about $50 million or generating $50 million in revenue, you know, each quarter. So we know that. But where the, uh, where the owners make the big-time money is when they sell their franchise. You know, like uh, Minnesota Twins, the Polad family wants to sell that thing. You know, that thing's going to go for uh, at least a billion and a half, $2 billion. And, you know, the, probably the Polad's got the, you know, the team for, I'm sure, you know, under $100 million, or at least under 150 You know, that sort of thing. So that's where the owners make the killing is when they sell the franchise. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Bob Nightingale, usatoday.com. Another session tomorrow. So, Bob, just give me your insight here. You're talking to a lot of people. Give us your insight. Baseball fans want to know, okay, spring training's supposed to start today. But owners, uh, they missed a lot of games during the pandemic year and still got a season in partially. What are we looking at? Well, I think the uh, union tomorrow will come up and, uh, you know, 
they'll say, okay, well, how about we'll lower the uh, luxury tax from 245 to 240? Yeah, how about we'll get a bonus pool instead of 100 million? You know, we'll drop down to 90 or 85. Then wait for baseball to respond. I think, you know, the trouble is they're just not negotiating enough. I mean, twice in 16 days is a joke. So I think beginning next week, they'll start to get fast and furious because if they don't have a deal done by the end of February, then the season's going to be delayed. And then it's like, okay, is the process really going to stall? If you miss the first week of April, you might as well miss the entire month of April because that's when attendance is lowest anyway. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about players will miss paychecks and uh, owners will miss money too. But I think it's a bigger hit for the players. So I, I think these next two weeks are really, really critical for the sport. USAToday.com, Major League Baseball writer, one of the best. Bob Nightingale on tonight here on the Nate Brown Show. Bob, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate your time. Bob Nightingale, busy right now. He hops on to Fox Sports Rapid City tonight, live from Phoenix. Um, Bob Nightingale, senior Major League Baseball writer, USA Today. B. Nightingale on Twitter. Um, baseball fans, you can follow him there. Oh, boy. Did you hear what Bob just said there? If they don't get to business, if they don't get to business, and then they start missing the beginning of, of the season, then the owners would basically basically say or could say, eh, let's just bag April because nobody comes to our games as much anyway. we got to pay all this money and, and stuff like that, expenses. And so let's just shorten it up even more. You hear that? You kind of get that sense? you got to think about it from a business side now, a business here. The owners, does it uh, hurt them to kind of push this, push this, push this? I don't think it does that much. And and Bob just said, it hurts the players more. And again, it's arguing between billionaires and millionaires, but the millionaires are going, okay, some of these guys don't even have contracts. Like, there's, there's a ton of players that don't even have contracts. Right, they're up for arbitration. The whole thing—they're trying to—they're trying to get all this done, like extensions. And yeah, there was some guys that signed before the lockout, but there's a lot just kind of waiting to see how this plays out. A lot to see see how it's going to play out. Owners, I think, aren't that worried about pushing this thing. No wonder they're only meeting six times since December. You think the owners just want to meet more and more and more, and all it is is just chipping away little by little by little by little. Can they get Major League Baseball spring training started on time? Well, no, because we're officially in a delay now. Pitchers and catchers should be rolling. They're not. And then you talk talk about a full month there of of March of spring training in Arizona and Florida and the whole thing. They're going to have to get to work the next two weeks. Bob Nightingale said next two weeks, really interesting to watch. And if the owners just hang on, they don't give in, they don't give in, yeah, they'll start losing some money that regular season's where you make hay. That's where you make some dollars. But even in April, he said, "Ah, attendance isn't very good in April and the whole thing, so let's just bag that month too. Lister text coming in. 720-1067 on the Barons-Wilson text line. It's interesting. Uh, The Players Association and owners are – billions dollars apart and the owners learned during the pandemic that as long as they have a meaningful season people will watch the games they will miss at least a month maybe even two months of regular season games interesting interesting listener text there basically referencing what bob nightingale's get kind of said if they can't get things buttoned up now and the players don't agree to this and that 
The owners are like, yeah, we really, really cash in in June, July, August. Summer, it's nice. People are out and about going to the ballpark. That's when we really, really cash in. I think the owners, yeah, they would be fine in April and May uh, playing baseball. Obviously, they'll make money there. It's not like they're losing. They're not making as much. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to miss a month or even two. But uh, listener text, the baseball players want service time to be adjusted. That's one of their sticking points, along with higher pay for the low- to mid-range players. Yeah, so think about it. Baseball's model is this. You grind, 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 and these guys on the lower end, these new players, a lot of them are contributing now right away. A lot of the young players contribute in a meaningful way, in a big way, and they don't get paid anything relative to the top tier. Baseball contracts are so weighted, you see these huge contracts in the latter stages. The Pujols deal, the Joe Maurer deal. I mean, these contracts, well, we proved themselves, proved themselves, proved themselves, and then they're, they get their big money when they're 35, 36 years old. Yeah, they get a little bit more before that, too, but... A lot of the young guys, uh, a perfect example, Chris Bryant, former Chicago Cub, right? I followed Chris Bryant. Great player, top draft pick, rolling. I mean, he's good. And the Cubs manipulated that deal so they didn't have to pay him essentially uh, dollars. So let's hold him down, hold him down. Now bring him up. He can contribute and help the Cubs win, but we don't have to pay him much. That's the type of stuff the players want. The young guys to get get to free agency and arbitration quicker. Okay, get there quicker to get the big money deals and the average salary. Now, there is something there. The average salary of baseball has fallen the last five years. Something happening there. So (laughs) um, I don't think anything's fallen the last five years from what I can tell. But the average salary has fallen. You think the revenue has fallen? I, I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Beers are more expensive, and so is parking, last time I checked. And tickets. Um, Coming right back with Mike Wall, former offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers. Let's talk football with Mike Wall next. You're listening to the only live and local sports talk show in the Black Hills, The Nate Brown Show on FoxSportsRapidCity.com and live on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. We're all going somewhere, going higher, faster, farther, going in new directions, to new places. At Monument Health, we keep going so you can keep going. We're dedicated to advanced orthopedic care with the latest innovations, technology, expertise, and treatment. So keep exploring, keep making memories, keep going with Monument Health as your partner. Learn more at monument.health/orthopedics. I'm Tyler Hoglin, and this is my wife, Dee, and we own Dee Vet Supply. Pioneer Bank has been very good to us. All our banking is with Pioneer Bank. What you find oftentimes in big corporate banks is they don't allow people to run their business the way that it should be ran. And without a doubt, it's been just an easy, easy relationship with Pioneer Bank. Very easy. Yeah, we support them because, you know, they support us. Pioneer Bank and Trust is local. Pioneer Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. 
fans know some things just go together. Slam dunks and three-pointers, face paint with super fans, game days and tailgates. I'm State Farm agent Scott Carlson, and I know another winning combination, home and auto. Me and my team are here to help life go right when you combine your home and auto insurance, which saves you time and money. So get your home and auto on the same team and score some savings. Call me, State Farm agent Scott Carlson, at 342-0188. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. good tune right there let's get it going tonight huh let's go let's get it going the nate brown show live thanks for being here hope you have a solid day it's always a great day in the black hills we know that even a little snow even with a little snow mid-february um let's talk football let's talk uh the off season mike wall former packers offensive lineman process to perform helping athletes uh, at all ages, by the way, processtoperform.com. You can find it there. Former NFL player Mike Wall's on Twitter at MikeWall68. MikeWall68. He's here on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City. Mike, thanks for the time. As always, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Nate? I'm doing good, man. Let me th- uh, let me ask you what you thought of that Super Bowl. Rams <laughs> win by three. Um, we talked last week. That wasn't a surprise for you. You thought the Bengals would keep it close. Uh, how do you think it all played out? Yeah, those guys in Vegas are pretty smart, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they always get that spread just about right. And, and it just, you know, if you, if you take one thing away from that that game is when you're, best, you're playing against the best guys in the world, you you better be really good at the basics of your position, right? That, that's that's what's going to get you that ring. And um, we, we talked about it last week with, with the Rams D-line versus the, the Bengals offensive line. And look, Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to beat you one-on-one. Like, we know that. We knew that going into the game. Regardless if it's Spain, whether it's uh, uh, Adeniji or, or, or Isaiah Prince, they're going to lose those matchups. And what was key, though, is are we good enough? Are we, are we well-prepared enough to win our double teams? Can we pass off the games? Like, can we, can we take care of the stuff that – Maybe isn't as it, it requires as much talent. Just requires a lot of technique, a lot of focus, the, the ability to communicate, kind of see things before they happen pre-snap. And when it came down to it, the Rams just continued to, to press and press and press, and the Bengals' offensive line couldn't hold up. And, and it finally got to, you know, the the wonder kid in, in Joe Burrow ended up hurting his MCL. It sounds like and and put him in a little bit of a hurt locker, but that was the difference in the game, ultimately. Okay, you were really high on Joe Burrow. You are high on Joe Burrow. Um, he was under pressure, but he didn't have his best game either. Maybe didn't make the big plays that sometimes he he did. You know, he got an interception for the offense, and they only got three points out of it. What do you think about Joe Burrow, in, in a sense, after that game? I think he's amazing. I, I still think Joe Burrow is – I mean, if I – if you're going to start a franchise right now um, of those two quarterbacks, and you know, just given the experiences that we have, not necessarily their age, like, I'm thinking Joe Burrow every time. I think he's just a he's just a really he's a game changer. I, the same reasons I said last last week, Nate. You know, honestly, he's one of those guys. It doesn't matter what franchise he was going to. That franchise was going to be significantly better the next day because a guy like that showed up. But you got to remember, it is unprecedented to think that. You lead the league in sacks and pressures, and your quarterback leads you to the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Like that is an unprecedented <laughs> idea. So I, I'm super high on him. I think he's amazing. Um, they're only going to get better. The problem is it's unsustainable for the reasons that you saw in the game. When you get hit that many times, you're going to get hurt. He got hurt in that game. He, he gutted it out. But when your quarterback gets hurt, he's not as mobile. He can't do the things that he's used to doing. All of a sudden, the, the, the clock in his head speeds up. It's a, it's a natural phenomenon. No matter how special you are, it's going to happen. So he gets sacked 70 times this year, Mike. He got sacked well, 70 times. It's an unbelievable number. Um, the Bengals, I feel like to me, can they get back to that level, the Super Bowl level? I think you would say, well, with Joe Burrow, you can. Do you buy the Bengals moving forward? No, uh, I, I don't. I don't buy them, and not because of Joe Burrow, but because you you have to prove to me. Listen, I always look at it this way: if you have something that glaring of an issue, right? If you've given up seventy sacks, including the postseason, you get the most sacks in the league during the regular season, most pressures. If you're the worst at something on your team, and you just because you're winning because of that, it doesn't mean you can sweep it under the rug. And so when we go into these off seasons, we kind of start looking and we take evaluation of how our teams our teams did. When you're the worst at something like that and you don't fix it during the course of the season, like I think that's a structural problem, right? And you just look around the, the AFC. You've got Pat Mahomes, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Justin Herbert, you got you got Carr. Um, Mac Jones is going to be a better player next year. Tua Tagovailoa has got a new, uh, a new you know, offensive genius to, to, to run the show down there. You, Brian Tannehill and the Titans, Derek Henry will be back. But you've got squads that can play, and you did not take care of the one thing that was going to hold you back the entire year. That bothers me a little bit if I'm a, if I'm a, a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Mike Wall on ProcessToPerform.com, former Packers O-lineman here on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City. Um, okay, I, I normally don't report on TMZ, Mike, okay? I don't like TMZ. <laughs> uh, but uh, supposedly Aaron Rodgers and his fiance had a breakup. I mean, we don't love hearing that, but his fiance was living in Colorado. Um, how does that uh, make any difference at all? Uh, to, in my life, uh, I'm just going to go in the way that things were before you told me. <laughs> <laughs> so no change. I, I, no I change. Be honestly, I could care less. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I was wondering, you know, people say, well, girlfriend, a fiance in Colorado, he could go to Denver. Now that's off. And I said, I, I don't have any clue. I, I'm with you on that. I just wanted to make sure um, you're a smart married man. I understand. Uh, you know what's going on. Mike, let me ask you. Packers. Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers. How much, how much does he have left? Do you believe? I think the guy could play for a, a couple more years at an extremely high level. Look, he's two-time MVP back-to-back, right? I mean, two-time in the last two years. Excuse me. And so when you just look at you look at that, you kind of project it forward. He's keeping himself. And if you look at him, like when he was at the golfing outing, or when he's just kind of walking around street clothes, he's well built. Like the guy's a well-developed human. And he doesn't look like one of these guys who might start falling apart as he gets closer to 40. He looks extremely kind of virile, healthy, and whatnot. His mind is as sharp as there is in the National Football League. He's got a really live arm. Uh, He can still scoot away from pressure when he needs to. He he does a great job of keeping himself healthy and upright. So I just think with that system that they have up there right now, he's running at an extremely high level. I think he can play two, three more years at, at the very least. Can the Packers make it work with money if the reports are forty-five to fifty million for Rodgers? <laughs> Boy, I hope so. I mean, because that's a lot. Of, I mean, I, but we start talking about money as if it's not even a real thing anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an incredible amount of money. But I think the Packers listen. They're throwing those numbers out because they think they can get there. And I think the big question really is: 
you know, what's, I think in the, in the mind of, of Green Bay, once you secure Aaron and Devontae Adams, right, if you can get those two guys, I feel like given the, the young talent they have on defense, given the young talent they have across the offensive line, given the young talent they have in the backfield, I would feel very comfortable saying that with those two guys back, regardless of where your cap situation is after that, the people that we're going to have to kind of make some tough decisions on, we're going to miss them, but we can still get back to where we need to as far as playing level just because we have those two guys back and, and the, kind of the, the swath of, of young talent across both sides of the football. You know how important quarterbacks are. Mike Wall blocked for Brett Favre uh, for the Packers. So Kyler Murray, here's a guy that's uh, down in Arizona. There's been some drama this last week. Would you pay him big dollars on an extension like a Josh Allen contract? So, you know, we stayed, we're talking about these things, and I don't know Kyler Murray at all. But I will say this. One thing that jumped out at me multiple times during the year, and I think it's been said across you know, some of the news media, is you do notice, as a former athlete, I notice his body language. And, it's, and to me, it's a problem, right? It's because it kind of speaks volumes about maybe how you're carrying yourself around your teammates around the situation. Um, he is an incredible talent. And there might be a backstory. His teammates might love him. His coaching staff might love him. It sounds like there's some problems there, right, that, that might kind of point to some of the you know, that are an offshoot of the situation I'm talking about. But from a talent standpoint, yeah, you absolutely page a guy like that, the Josh Allen kind of money. He's that kind of rare talent. But you have to make sure, you know, you can see this in the NBA a little bit right now with, the, with, with Simmons and Harden and, and the way they're kind of manipulating the way they move around and how, like kind of how their Q score ratings are going. And it, it, people get a little tired of that kind of attitude. Yeah. And so you really want to make sure if you're going to build your franchise, because listen, you know this better, better than I do. The quarterback position, you build an entire franchise, you know, around that. Everybody in the building is basically living off of what that guy can produce. Uh, so you better make sure that you've got a great guy, not only on the field, but what he brings to the locker room, the media room, the press room, etc. Give me the uh, team that Mike Wall thinks right now, if you went to Vegas, this is the NFL future Super Bowl champion 2023. Well, I'm going to have to go with Green Bay because I think Aaron's oh. going to come back. And, oh. uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Green Bay. I think oh. Aaron's coming back. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I heard today the 14-1 to odds for the San Francisco 49ers. And I would not be shocked if Tom Brady ends up there. I, oh, it, it, you know, I, you just you just you kind of start going. Well, he's from. You just start connecting those dots. And if and that is the one team out there. When I look at it, just from a talent standpoint, I go, man, oh man, if they just had a a good, you know, a top ten quarterback, they would be unstoppable. It's interesting. So, as a former player, give me this because all the people are wondering. Okay, Tom said, "Never say never." I'm taking it day by day here. He's just retired for a couple of weeks. You, when you retired, when you see statements like that, how, what do you think he is thinking? Um, well, there's a precedence for this with Brett, right? So, so Brett kind of put himself in a situation. I think it was with the Jets where he said he was retired. You go, they went and drafted Sanchez, and then he came back and said, "Okay, I, I don't want to be retired anymore." because he knew that meant that they'd have to release him. So, you know, as a, as a quarterback, and I, I can't read his mind. Listen, he's got so much, so many other things, the potential for so many things to, to happen in his life that you know, maybe he's had enough of football. But if he, he can still play at an extremely high level. He just had one of the best years of his career, you know, from a, from a number standpoint. And you just start thinking, okay, if he wants to play, this would be the route that you would have to go. You'd have to retire. The, the Bucks 
are going to have to find a replacement for him. And then you make a statement at some point after that, maybe after the draft or free agency, listen, I think I want to come back and play, and they're going to have to release him because they can't hold that cap number. It's interesting. I, I mean, I was, I saw that. I go, well, Tom really wouldn't come back, would he? And I don't know. Something tells me uh, it's probably not out of the picture. It's just interesting the way he finished out his career. As you said, a great year for Brady. Mike Wall on tonight, processtoperform.com, and the podcast, Process to Perform. They do a great job. I'm on green on there. Big question is this. I watched that uh, video. You got a Boise State hat on, Mike. What's the story? Boise State. Oh, my guy. Yeah, I'll give you a shout-out. Matt Lauder. My guy, Matt Lauder. Watch for him. He's going to be your next superstar tight end. Okay. That's an absolute stud, man. I, I coached, I, I worked with him a lot when we were living in San Diego together. He went to Torrey Pines High School. Guy's an absolute unit, man. Watch out. All right. Boise State reference. I got it. Mike, always appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Process2Perform.com. Former Packers O-lineman Mike Wall here on the Nate Brown Show. Follow him on Twitter. Give him a follow. Good stuff. Talks about the athlete mindset. Um, a lot of things there. Mike Wall, 68. Mike Wall, 68. Uh, former Packers O-lineman. He said, I can't go away. You know, I asked uh, the last couple of guests here this week, who who are your future, um, who would you bet on? You know, because I got lucky. I picked the Rams this past year before the season started. I, I just got lucky. I said, the Rams are going to win the whole thing. And here we are. So I've asked everybody, who's your pick for next year's Super Bowl? So we get a Green Bay vote. We get a Green Bay vote. We have a Buffalo Bills vote from uh, our guys at PFF. PFF.com, Eric Eager, he went Buffalo Bills. Nobody said Chiefs yet, which I'm happy to report, but uh, nobody said Chiefs. Nobody said Broncos. What do you mean? What? <laughs> Not yet. I, I'm, I'm with you. Be careful with your money when you're betting. Not yet, okay? You have to see how things develop. Um, and Mike Wall says Packers. Why? Aaron Rodgers is coming back, he says. That's, that's what he thinks. Did you see that today? Mike didn't want to get into that drama, but uh, supposedly Aaron Rodgers and his fiance have called off the engagement. His fiance lives in Colorado, Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. So people are trying to tie in. Well, if he has a fiance in Boulder, Colorado, then Aaron would have went to Denver. That's why he's going. So now that's off. I, 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 I have no idea. Do we really think we know if Aaron Rodgers is? You know, going to go to Denver, not go to Denver because uh, maybe his engagement's called off. I, I have no clue. No clue. But thanks to TMZ for that update. I, I, I appreciate it. Eric Peterson's on next. Live from Fargo, North Dakota, let's discuss a record-setting fundraising campaign for the Bison. A record-setting fundraising campaign for the Bison. What does this tell us about college athletics? He's live next. From high school to college to the pros, this is the Nate Brown Show on 1067 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. At Ace Steel and Recycling in Rapid City, our goal is to make recycling your materials so quick, so easy, and so profitable that you'll become a lifetime recycler. At Ace Steel and Recycling, we buy, process, and ship scrap iron, automobiles, stainless steel, and aluminum, including cans and cast. We also buy insulated wiring, as well as copper, brass, lead, batteries, zinc, and tungsten carbide. Visit acesteelusa.com or give us a call at 342-8649. Ace Steel and Recycling, 2830 Eglin Street, Rapid City. Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. 
cloudy tonight with a chance for snow. Lows around 12. Northeast winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 41. Tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sun. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night. Lows around 30. Daytime highs approaching 49. Friday, under partly cloudy skies. 58. Saturday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Currently, it's 23. Hi, this is Rihanna Wicked at Elevate Performance. We are currently accepting new patients in need of physical therapy, and we want to show you the Elevate difference. At Elevate Performance, you have our guarantee of receiving one-on-one, high-quality care with a doctor of physical therapy. At Elevate, it's personal, and we are ready to be your partner in empowering you to live a healthy life pain-free. Remember, you have a choice for physical therapy in Rapid City, and we want you to experience the Elevate difference. We are currently accepting new patients. Just visit ElevatePerformanceSD.com. No one has a handbook for what we're living through today, which is why the experience you have access to makes all the difference in how you make it to tomorrow. For decades, Dakota Bank has worked with ag producers through industry, economic, and regional changes. We're committed to agriculture. We're committed to the producers and families that make our communities great. Go with commitment, experience, and integrity. Dakota Bank, banking, insurance, mortgage, and trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Insurance and trust not FDIC insured. Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Remember to catch me weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 a.m. Fox Sports Rapid City. And now, back to Rapid City's sports talk show, The Nate Brown Show. Nate? South Dakota Sports Talk Show, the Nate Brown Show, live Fox Sports Rapid City. Bring us up here, 106.7 FM, 1150 AM. Also there on Twitter, at Nate Brown Show. Welcome in, live stream in the studio. How you doing? Ah, yes, good stuff. Good stuff. At Nate Brown Show on Twitter. Follow us there. Eric Peterson's on. He is the FargoInForum.com sports writer. Covers the bison and more. You can find him on Twitter at Fargo Big E. It is Eric Peterson talking bison and more. Why? I saw this um, in Inforum.com. I saw this. North Dakota State setting a record in raising dollars, in raising money. And a big chunk of it, a big chunk of it, one of the biggest chunks is in athletics. Um, Eric Peterson joins us. Eric, thanks for the time. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. So, so record-setting fundraising has caught my attention, and then I, I've kind of uh, had this discussion with your colleague Rob Port over the last couple of years. You, him, and I have always, uh, you know, done battle here on this program uh, about sports, universities, academics, the whole thing. So, North Dakota State raises five hundred eighty-six million. That's a record uh, for for that university in their campaign. Over 160 million for the athletic fund for Bison Athletics, and, and a big chunk of that for scholarships. So let me just get your reaction to the FCS program like that. Some people say, Eric, if they're raising money like this, that means they can even step up uh, and and go big boy FBS potentially. What's your reaction to the dollars coming in? Well, it is a pretty big number and uh, somewhat a little bit surprising just with the way, you know, with the pandemic and everything over the past couple of years. Uh, there was a time when, you know, raising money wasn't as easy with some of that stuff going on. Um, you know, a big chunk of it, 
like you said, was in scholarships. I believe seventy-four million, and a big another chunk of it was uh, fifty million in uh, their new indoor practice facility. As strange as it sounds, it's like you—it's almost the cost of doing businesses these days. Because even at the FCS level, you, you know, UND has an indoor performance center that they have for their an indoor practice facility. South Dakota State has a beautiful indoor practice facility. Yeah. So it's almost like you almost need this stuff. I mean, need might be sound strange. I mean, it is athletics, but if, if you don't have this stuff, you're almost at a somewhat of a competitive disadvantage. Now, I mean, NDSU's had the Fargo Dome, so it is, there is an indoor practice element to that, but, you know, there's other stuff scheduled in there, so it isn't, like, dedicated to, you know, just NDSU. So... Um, and as big as these numbers sound, you, you look at the FBS numbers of some of these schools, and they would just dwarf this. You know, right, it's, it's right. Like, you know, if you go to some of the big boy FBS programs, I mean, there it's it's uh, it's astronomical, like with the dollars that are being generated there. So uh, maybe a slightly surprising, but not overall super surprising, I guess. What do you say when when Bison Athletic Fund, the athletic fund, brings in 160 million, some of that for facilities, some for scholarships? What do you say to the folks that say, hey, University of North Dakota State setting a record like that and a huge amount to athletics? If we didn't have athletics and the bison doing this, that would go to academics. What do you say to that argument? I guess it's hard to know if it would, and the part of it is like people can give the money to where they want. So, I mean, if that's where the donors want to put their money, I, I, I don't think you turn it down. And the other thing is, I know the athletic, like the number of student athletes in the school, percentage-wise, a small portion of the school. But you know, they're nursing students, they're whatever engineering students. So that is, you know, that is going back into those colleges in some way, shape, or form. If you're a mechanical engineer, defensive end, well, that money or that scholarship money is going into the engineering department. Or if you're a nursing student, that money is going into the nursing department. So part of that, even though it's like earmarked for athletes and athletics, you know, other colleges or, you know, parts of the university are still benefiting from that money that's being raised, even though it isn't like technically, you know, specifically going to one certain like major area of study it's kind of getting funneled into those depending on whoever gets the scholarship, like what they decide to study. I'm with you on it. I raised money for three years at a university, and uh, you said, well, you can't really tell donors where to put it. That is right. <laughs> donors donors will give to their passions, okay? Where would North Dakota State be without Bison Athletics? Just, just an open-ended question. I mean, it's hard to tell. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, like, oh, there'd be no university, but it just, it's just, I think it's, it brings notoriety and certain, you know, a national notoriety. And whether you can put a dollar amount on that, I don't know. You, you know, that's hard that's to do. Kind of subjective. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, and it brings it brings entertainment to the community. It, it a lot of people in the community at large, you maybe not have would have went to didn't go to NDSU or are new to the area. You know, athletics is a, is a form of entertainment that a lot of people like. So I, it just. I know, it, and I'm, it, it's hard. I get, I get it. You know, you want to academics is why these universities exist, and it, you want that to be the priority. But you know, I, I still think there is 
there is value to athletics and you know what it what it can add to university. And but, you know, it, it, like the business of athletic college athletes, athletics in general has kind of skewed that number. But I, I just don't know if somebody wants to give a million dollars to women's basketball. What are you going to say? Well, you know what? We don't want that million dollars because we're a, a you know a institution of higher learning. I just like I said that if that money is for scholarship, it, it ends up going back into those educational departments eventually. I will say um, one last one on this. Do you think donors given to this 160 million to Bison Athletics? Do you think a lot of donors want to step up and look at FBS football? Where do you think of that percentage lands? Uh, I, it, it's tough. I, I think it's trending more, I, more towards more fans want to see a move to FBS because I, I think with NDSU's success, a lot of the diehard fans, or not a lot, there's a portion of them that think, you know, we've seen this movie before. We've seen this movie nine times, you know. I, I do I want to, I, I don't need to see it a 10th or 11th time. And then there's still fans like, all right, well, if you go to the FBS, like what's, you know, what's the end game to play in a, you know, a bowl game might be nice the first few years, but if you're playing in a, a bowl game that's wherever, you know, middle of the week and maybe not so like balmy location, is that, um, <laughs> is that appealing? But then the flip side, people can say, well, how many times can you go to Frisco, Texas? I mean, it's a nice area, and I'm sure a lot of people have enjoyed it through the years. So it's a tough question. And then the bottom line, which when people ask me, like, you got to have someone who wants you. You just can't go FBS. Like, you need a conference that wants you, and that, and that's it always comes down to one of the biggest problems for NDSU to join an FBS uh, league in football is geography. Like James Madison, it happened quickly because they're in the footprint where there's a lot of like institutions. They have natural geographical rivals. Well, if NDSU goes FBS and, you know, uh, SDSU, USD, UND, Northern Iowa, some of those schools are still in the FCS, well, there goes your geographical rival. So Mountain West is the name everyone throws out, and it makes the most sense. But who's your, who's your closest school? Like, who's your rival? I mean, Wyoming? Is right. that your rival? And then the other thing that makes it tough, I would think in a perfect world, if NDSU did make that move, they want to be football only. So then you got to have a league that wants to take you football only because I don't think in the other sports, the Summit League makes so much sense. Like, for basketball, like every other sport, you know, outside of football, the Summit League is just perfect. You have geography is good, travel is good. You know, football you can afford to maybe travel a little bit more because you play one game a week. So if you take a plane trip, you take a plane trip. Whether you know, if no matter if you hop on a plane, if it's a two-hour flight or a four and a half-hour flight or whatever, you're, you're taking a plane. So I, I, I just think there's so many things for people just saying they should do it. Well, a lot of stuff's got to align for it to happen. Yeah, there's you know? no, there's so, no it, doubt about that. On top of the fundraising, a lot more, a yeah. lot more to it. Eric Peterson on Inforum.com covers the Bison live from Fargo. Find him on Twitter at Fargo Big E. Um, last one, <laughs> Summit League. You just hit it. Uh, Summit League basketball on the men's side. North Dakota State's been in the mix. South Dakota State's the favorite. What do you see at this uh, end of the season? 
And it's so it's just weird. Like NDSU has been on a pretty good streak, and they've won a lot of games, but they've just won a lot of close games. Which it's good to win, but it it doesn't seem like they're really hitting their stride in general. And you look at the way South Dakota State has just been steamrolling a lot of teams. You'd think, you know, they're, they're they are the favorite and should be probably the prohibitive favorite, but you know. How when you get to that Summit League tournament, just strange things happen. Strange things happen, and even the best teams, like the best teams NDSU's had or SDSU's had or who's ever won it, nobody goes through the Summit League tournament without a scare. Like no matter right, how good right. you are, it seems like there's always one scare where you don't shoot well, or you're playing a team that just shoots the lights out. But. South Dakota State has just seemed so complete this year. I mean, they're they're just so loaded with their versatility, with their depth. They have good post players. They have good perimeter players. They have good playmakers. They have good newcomers. But when you get to the Summit League and it's one game, you know, NDSU's got Sam Griesel, Rocky Cruiser, Tyree Edie as, like, their core senior guys who've been through – they've played in, what, three or four – championship games where they've been key factors like i don't think you can discount that either and then you know you throw in an oral roberts with a guy like matt right. ace when you got a player like that you have a shot in any game we didn't and then even you and then umkc i just think south dakota state's the favorite but like any year there, there's going to be some, there's going to be some challengers and even you know usd's got some guys if they're hitting there they can be scary so it's it, it, it's just so hard to prognosticate because basketball is just one of those sports where I think football in general, it's hard to kind of like have a bad luck in football and lose because there's just so many, so much depth and bodies involved. But basketball, like a, a bounce of a ball or a team one, shooting right. one bad pie, night, I mean, right? It, it, right. it can just. Snow, you know, snowball you in that regard. South Dakota State's won 14 in a row, but I don't think anybody wants to play NDSU uh, right away. I will say that. Inforum.com has worked there. Bison coverage from Eric Peterson on Twitter at Fargo Big E. North Dakota State setting a record in their fundraising campaign. Interesting. Uh, Eric, always good. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Nate. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Eric Peterson tonight on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City, Inforum.com. Bison beat writer live from Fargo. So they raise a record $160 million for athletics in their campaign. And uh, they got a new facility, indoor practice facility. They got scholarships rolling. And um, I'm, just, I'm just here to reiterate, donor engagement is a lot of times through athletics. I mean, a lot of times, you know, there's people that want to, you know, sound the trumpet and say, man, there's there's too much money. It's, it's too much money. I understand. I understand some of this money is ridiculous. At the FCS level, even at the FBS level, it's too much money. Um, it is. I understand. But um, donors engage with athletics. That's, that's just what it is. And you can't tell, hey. Jim, I want you to to give to this department or that department. Okay, so donor engagement, if there's no athletics, a lot different. And I mean a lot different for universities. Um, Thanks for calling your live today, and you go ahead. Well, tech is just the opposite, aren't they? Um, What do you mean? If I said, hey, I want to give Eric Glenn a million dollars, 
I heard they can't do that no more at Tech, that it goes into the general fund. Well, the deal is I've been there a long time, and, and scholarship, oh, scholarships you got to raise privately. Um, that's that's all done privately. No state support for that, I will tell you that. So yeah. all of the athletic scholarships, that's got to be from the outside. And and um, I'm telling you, it's, it's what people engage with. You can't tell them, hey, I want you to give to this department. Well, I got a million bucks. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. If they want to give to athletic scholarships, uh, they can. Hey, I missed the show. You know, we're busy now. Oh, we got okay. Two All right. And, but I wanted to know what you thought uh, Matthew Stafford didn't get an MVP. Ah, uh, well, I, I'm, I think Matthew Stafford did really, really well. I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but he did no, really, not, really well. Because uh, it's a trick question. Oh. Um, if that was Tom Brady that played last Sunday and won? It would have been. Yeah. He, he would have been. Yes. See, here's yes. what people don't realize about Matthew Stafford. That kid played good football in Detroit. He didn't have a team. Barry Sanders played right, great right. football in Detroit. Calvin Johnson. He didn't have a team. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm listening to Joy and Colin and all these <laughs> other flip-floppers. Hey, by the way, I got kicked off Colin. They won't even let me on now. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he asked me what I was going to talk about, and I said, well, you know, he flip-flops a lot. I'm just trying to get the right answer out of him. The well, guy goes, that's slander. Oh. And I go, slander? Please sue me for slander because Colin will have to give up all his tape, and I'll win. By the way. But anyway. <laughs> lucky for you, you get on this show. All right. All right. All right. Kyle Murray. I'm yes. not even going to say his name right because I've been calling him out since he got yeah. drafted. Am I wrong, Nate? Yes, yes, you are. He, he's oh, done. I'm he's wrong. done well. Yeah. Oh, really? He's won more That's games well, every man. year. He's won more games every year for the Cardinals than when he got there. And he chokes, and he gets hurt, <laughs> and he's a Lamar Jackson. No, I he's don't think Cam so. Newton. I don't think he's so. A Patrick Mahomes. Oh, well, if he's a Patrick Mahomes, we're in good shape. Nah, you can have him. All I right, told buddy. you, Nate, that All he right. had to win three of the first five Thank because his longevity <laughs> is think, not there. I think he's going to be fine. All yeah, right. I like how you guys laugh. I think he's going to be fine. Tom Brady Tom Brady didn't win seven Super Bowls, didn't that little fat kid from Rapid City, Adam, make two game-winning field goals for that? <laughs> You're on so fire he should only get five, right? All right. I got you, buddy. Okay, Thanks, man. man. I appreciate it. I appreciate I it. Take care. All right. <laughs> okay. We're just we're off the rails today. I'll just get back on the rails. Let's get back on the rails. Um, I have a topic that I want to hit here. I have a topic that I want to hit here. Okay. Should I even speculate about who the Minnesota Vikings quarterback will be? Should we even speculate about that? It, it came out, it hit my phone early this morning. You know, I'm getting the kids ready for school. And, he, and here it is. Oh, there's an interest in, in going to Minnesota from this guy. Should I even speculate about this? And would you want him on the Minnesota Vikings? It's my question of the day next. This is the Nate Brown Show. 
Pull your way through downtown Rapid City on March 12th and support adults with disabilities. The Black Hills Works Foundation's Putt and Pub takes your average pub crawl and combines it with mini golf that has holes uniquely designed by each host location. Register your team of four to compete in this mini golf tournament. Enjoy our local bars and meet Black Hills Works celebrity putters. Awards are given for great scores, not so great scores, and of course costumes. Get your tickets today at blackhillsworks.org slash events. Participants must be 21 and older to participate. It's no secret, players play at the place with the biggest giveaways. And in Deadwood, that place is First Gold Gaming Resort. Every Friday through Sunday, you can win a share of $8,600 in promo play through Hot Seat Drawings. Every Saturday night, First Gold gives away $1,000 in cash every hour from 6 p.m. till midnight. And on Saturday, February 26th, it's the $12,000 Golden Cash Blast with a grand prize drawing for $4,200 in cash. First Gold Gaming Resort, it's where Deadwood begins and the winning never ends. KIMM Rapid City and K294BT Rapid City. This is the Black Hills Sports Station, 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City. Hi, this is Dave Sharp, Director of Coaching with the Black Hills Rapid Soccer Club. Registration is underway, and our club is a great fit for everyone, from the beginner to the more experienced player. If you want your child to have some fun and get some great exercise and learn in the game of soccer, now is the time to register at BlackHillsRapids.com. With great coaches and a premier 12-field soccer complex, the experience with the Black Hills Rapids is second to none. Register your player now at BlackHillsRapids.com. Rapid City, it's Doug Gottlieb. Join me weekdays from 1 to 4 right here on 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City. And now let's get you back to the Nate Brown Show, Rapid City's sports talk show. Welcome back in the Drive at Five, brought to you by Summit Automotive Group, SummitAutoGRP.com. Careful out there, a little bit of snow in certain areas, a little cool. It's winter, it's winter, long, dark winter. No, we're going to get there. We're going to get through this. The Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. Hope you're having a solid Wednesday. We'll try and help you out here. Quality content, right? Stu Whitney's on the way. Oh, boy. Stu Whitney's uh, appearance tonight from Sioux Falls. Former Argus leader, columnist, longtime sports writer, Stu Whitney on tap. We're going to hit a lot of stuff with Stu. Um, Dave Hollenbeck's this hour, St. Thomas More voice basketball coach. The Cavaliers, two losses this year, looking good. Dave Hollenbeck on tap. They just beat Dell Rapids. They won another Black Hills Conference. They beat Hot Springs last night. Coach Hollenbeck on the way. Busy second hour on the drive at five, brought to you by Summit Automotive Group, summitautogrp.com. So, can we uh, stop the speculation here? Is this the last time I will have to discuss this? I mean, I, I have to discuss it. We talk Broncos, Vikings, Packers, you know, everything in between, right? I have to discuss it, but I think it's the last time, okay? ESPN's Jeremy Fowler puts out a report this morning that uh, Deshaun Watson – is adding the Buccaneers and the Vikings as teams that he may be interested in. Deshaun Watson adding the Buccaneers and Vikings as teams that he may be interested in. This is, um, you know what this is, right? You know what this is. This is the off-season carousel 
this is the off season. Well, I really want people to read my story, and and you know we haven't talked about Deshaun Watson for a while, and yeah, uh, yeah, he he might be interested in the Vikings and the Buccaneers. I'm here to ask you this question. I I do find it interesting, like if the Vikings were really interested in that, which I don't think they are, would Vikings fans be interested in that? My question of the day is this. A lot of votes here so far. Really interesting results so far. And you tell me, 720-1067, with Minnesota as a, I put it in quotes, reported interest for Deshaun Watson, would you like him on the Vikings? Yes, bring him in. No, there's too many issues right now. Too many issues meaning the um, situation, right? The situation down in Houston, 22 civil lawsuits and still a criminal investigation right now by the Houston Police Department for alleged, it's all alleged, sexual misconduct. 22 civil lawsuits, criminal investigation, that thing, I mean, it's like, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's being found out there. I don't know where that's going. But essentially, the Houston Texans could have played him. I mean, it's just a bizarre scenario with the NFL not stepping in, putting him on the exempt list or anything like that. So a team can essentially bring in Deshaun Watson and play him. The NFL is seems like they're allowing you to do that. The Texans did not. They just didn't let him play, paid him, and, and didn't let him play. So I'm going to say, would the Vikings want, would you as Vikings fans want Deshaun Watson there? You have you have Kirk Cousins. Would you want Deshaun Watson? It's a really interesting uh, scenario. I really believe, because I was in that spot as a Broncos fan. And I guess you could put me in there again. You know, last year when this whole thing was coming out, people asked me, do you want Deshaun Watson? Do you want Deshaun Watson? And with this, uh, with this mess, I said, I can't have it. I don't know what the real story is, okay? It's not, we're not playing out the litigation here uh, tonight. I can't have it. I'm not doing it. I mean, I'm thinking about it. The Texans didn't do it. So you think the Broncos are going to do it? You think the Vikings are going to do it? Would you want it? Look at these results. As a Vikings fan, I'm talking Vikings fans now. Would you want him? 57% say yes, just bring him in. 43% no, too many issues. I'm surprised by that. Is that just a um, is that just a hit on Kirk Cousins? I mean, is that is that how much is that how much you guys don't like Kirk? I mean, you Vikings fans, you would bring in Deshaun Watson, and maybe you would. I mean. So some people say, hey, it's all alleged, Nate. It's, it's, it's civil lawsuits, and, you know, there's investigation by the Houston Police Department. So maybe I guess the, the prerequisite is if all of that's cleaned up, then I'd bring him in. But that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking right now. 57% of you say I would bring him in. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't bring him in. I wouldn't bring him in. And by the way, thanks for the report. I'm sorry, Jeremy Fowler. I mean, Jeremy Fowler, the Buccaneers and Vikings are among the early teams on Watson's radar. I'm thinking there's a lot of teams on his radar. <laughs> you know how this stuff gets out. Oh, he'd like to go to Minnesota. He'd like to go to Tampa Bay. Wow, thanks for playing. Thanks for playing, Deshaun. I'm sure you would. 
Are teams going to bring him in? It's one of the bigger stories over the last year in the NFL. I mean, it's a tough one, and it's one of the bigger ones. What is his future? Legally, I don't know. Professionally, I have no idea. I have no idea. Now, I will tell you this. If that legal stuff gets, quote-unquote, cleaned up, then, then there's a lot of people that are going to bring him in. Even with, well, they're, you know, a lot of people say, well, those were accusations and, and nothing found and, and it didn't go anywhere. A lot of people are going to bring him in. And some people say, that's fine. That's fine. As of right now, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But 57% on the poll question here today, Vikings fans say they would do it. I'm not doing that. Kirk Cousins is there. You guys are fine. And by the way, I'll just wrap this up with this. Um, Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Okay? Here's the speculation on the Nate Brown Show. Ready? Quarterback speculation. Who's the next Vikings quarterback next year? Ready? Kirk Cousins. Lock it. Thanks for calling. You're live today, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate. I normally don't. Sorry about the connection. I'm up email. Okay. Okay. I'm uh, pretty much – try that. Is that better? Yes, yes. There you go. I would not take him. I would definitely stick with Kirk Cousins with our new coach, our new offensive coordinators. Okay, them as of right now. Yep. Team and and yep. get some offensive linemen in there to protect Kirk Cousins, block for Cook. We got receivers and go from there. Don't throw out – you don't know what's going on with this guy. You don't know anything. Nobody knows anything. And, of course, it's this is a time when rumors come flying. So just let him go somewhere else. He's I'm with you. If I'm... he comes clear, who's going to want to pay that guy just like we are just with Kirk Cousins anyway that we're going to have anybody around him? No, I got you on that. I think it's tough for the Vikings to do with the money anyway, right? Trading Kirk yeah. and then trying to pay Deshaun if that came together, it's not happening. I'm with no. you on it. It's Kirk. That's it, right? Offensive line and defense will right. be fine. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. I, I, there, there's reasonable Vikings fan. That is a reasonable Vikings fan right there. He is resigned to the fact that the Vikings are going to be, you know, they'll be fine if they can fix other things on top of Kirk Cousins. I've been kind of saying that. The Vikings will be fine if they can fix other things. O-line, got to get it fixed. O-line, got to get it fixed. Uh, Lister text. No way on Deshaun Watson for the Vikings. Too much baggage. All those lawsuits can't be false. Uh, Let's go one more. I found this one here. Let's pull it up. No way, no how. (laughs) Okay, so a lot of people said, forget that poll. The the 57% that answered on Twitter said, yeah, they would bring him in. I was surprised by it. I was surprised. It's like, there's that many Kirk Cousins haters? That you're going to just bring in Deshaun Watson if he said, hey, I want to play for the Vikings tomorrow. You guys would bring him in with what's going on, the, the cloud? I can't do it. All right, Stu Whitney next, live from Sioux Falls. we got a lot to talk about with Stu Whitney, former Argus leader, columnist, live next. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Nate Brown Show and like us on Facebook by searching Fox Sports Rapid City.
Have you hit a pothole or curb with your car? Does your vehicle need an adjustment or have an alignment, shock, or strut issue? Black Hills Tire is your one-stop shop for complete automotive service and repair in the Black Hills area. Trust your vehicle with no one else but Black Hills Tire. Contact Weston, Denise, and the guys at Black Hills Tire, where honesty, reliability, and safety is their top priority. Black Hills Tire voted the number one shop for automotive repair and brake repair and tire store in the Black Hills. Ask about their free pickup and delivery. Black Hills Tire. Check them out online at blackhillstire.com. Black Hills Community Bank in Rapid City and Spearfish is your home loans bank. And with rates still low, you should ask them if your tax refund will cover your down payment on your home sweet home. Black Hills Community Bank is ready to be your local partner in helping you take that next step to home ownership. With local originators, underwriting and processing, and several down payment assistance options, is now your time to look at home ownership? Black Hills Community Bank in Rapid City and Spearfish at bhcbank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Whether you run the race, make the catch, cast a line, pitch a tent, or just look good doing it, Shields Rapid City has your gear. From athletic clothing from your favorite team, cold weather gear to keep you warm, to the best camping selection this side of the Black Hills, and the most stylish and functional women's outerwear and footwear, Shields has the widest selection of the best brands in the business. So when you're ready to get out, get in the game, or get going, get to Shields. Shields, we're right there with you at Rushmore Crossing in Rapid City. The best new cars make the best used cars. It stands to reason that the better a product is made, the longer it will last, which makes getting a high-quality, low-mileage Toyota at a great price a very savvy move. Prices start at $22,591. You can drive a barely-used certified pre-owned vehicle today. 2.99 APR financing available on certified Toyota models. The right cars, the right prices, the right experience. See you soon at Denny Menholt Toyota, Rapid City. DennyMenholtToyota.com. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. South Dakota Sports Talk Show, busy on a Wednesday. The Nate Brown Show, we are live right now on Fox Sports Rapid City. If you can't catch us live, you catch bits and pieces of the show. The Nate Brown Show podcast is up every night. You can uh, check it out, download it, where you get your podcast. We're now on Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's all out there. The Nate Brown Show podcast. Download it where you get your podcast. We had Bob Nightingale on earlier, Major League Baseball. Mike Wall, former Packers offensive lineman, talking NFL. Got to get into the South Dakota sports side with Stu Whitney. A Stu Whitney appearance on the Nate Brown Show tonight from Sioux Falls. He's on Twitter, at Stu Whitney, and he's live on Fox Sports Rapid City. Uh, Stu, good to have you. How are you? I'm good, Nate. Uh, I think it's good to have some balance. Uh, good to have a little East River perspective <laughs> on your show, and I'm, I'm very, very happy to provide that as usual. Yes, you can call it balance, whatever you want to call it. That's good. Um, <laughs> let me ask you about uh, high school basketball right now. If people don't know this, your son plays at Sioux Falls Lincoln. Um, it looks like you're having an intense season, Stu, as a parent. Um, how are you handling this season here? Sioux Falls Lincoln Boys Basketball just got clipped by Roosevelt last night in a tight one. Um, how good's Double A Boys Basketball going to be? Well, it's it's, it's real tight across the board. You know, a lot of teams, I think, that that can win this thing. Uh, the the gift that you uh, previewed when you uh, on Twitter of me. <laughs> Uh, doing my little muscle man routine to the live stream camera was after 
one of these crazy games that Lincoln was in that we actually won, uh, that the Patriots won. It was a three-overtime thrill over Washington. Unfortunately, Lincoln's also had a lot of those games, including overtime games against Mitchell and O'Gorman that, uh, that they did not come on top in. And they also uh, had a, a pretty good slugfest last night at the Lincoln Gym uh, with Roosevelt uh, hoping to become the first team to knock off the Rough Riders this year. And we're all, you know, we were, it was a one-possession game in the final minute. But the Rough Riders uh, just continue to find ways to win these games. They've been in close games with Mitchell, Washington, O'Gorman, Harrisburg, and they've, they've won all of them. You've got to give them credit. You've got to tip your cap. They're 16-0, and and they're clearly the favorite right now. And Mitch Begman's done an incredible job with that program because they lost a lot of their top guys from last year. This senior class that they have, there were juniors last year, stepped in seamlessly. Uh, they're strong, they're athletic, they're quick, they press the entire game. And uh, so they are the favorite. But, uh, you know, you look at O'Gorman, you look at uh, Jefferson has played really well. Taylor Ashley sort of leading the way for them. Yeah. O'Gorman, O'Gorman with Matt Eng and, and David Alpers. Washington's starting to get their stuff together. And, you know, watch out. If Lincoln can slide in there, uh, J.T. Rock, the seven-foot sophomore, or, yeah, the seven-foot sophomore uh, for the Patriots. I heard and, of course, him, Elliot, yeah. Whitney. Elliot Whitney. Elliot oh. Whitney scoring the rat who had 29 against O'Gorman. Watch out for the pass if they get uh, if they get in a good position in postseason. All right, a shout-out. you got to do it. you got to do it. By the way, seven-foot sophomore, um, that feels like a kid that could be a D1 basketball player. How skilled? Well, the, the incredible thing about J.T. Rock is that he's not just a seven-footer. He's a seven-footer who can handle the ball. He can shoot. He hit uh, – five or six three-pointers last night against Roosevelt. Mm. He's got a nice shooting touch. He hits free, uh, great free-throw shooter and can handle the ball. Uh, he can face the basket and, 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 and handle the ball, break down defender. That's why he already has offers from several Big Ten and Big 12 schools, including the Iowa, Iowa State, uh, Nebraska. Oh, and then, Fred yeah, Lundberg got, wants him. Oh, okay. He's locked in with, with several major D1 offers already. That's uh, big boy basketball. That's good stuff. Stu Whitney on. I had to get the Sioux Falls Lincoln stuff out of the way because his son plays for the Patriots in double-A boys basketball. Um, looks pretty interesting. It, it will be an interesting season. One quick one on this. The Basketball Advisory Committee here in the state, they were thinking about changing up the Sodak 16. Now, I know all you guys from Sioux Falls love the Sodak 16. You just love it um, because it, it gets all the Sioux Falls teams in, and, and it was such a robbery when you couldn't get everybody in. So um, I, I say this. They were going to add an extra round, the bottom eight teams, bottom eight teams during the regular season. So here's the PowerPoints. You guys have to play each other. To get into the Sodak 16, would you have been for that? I don't think so. I mean, you're talking there's 19 teams in AA, and 16 make it to the Sodak 16. So I, I don't feel that much sympathy for the teams that are at, uh, getting left out of that. Uh, I think there's ample opportunity to get into to the postseason. Uh, there, and I don't know that that was seriously – Considered because uh, I don't I, I don't even know what the reason for that would be. I, I suppose to to give them a p- potential to extend their season. Yeah, just a postseason uh, for everybody, basically. Right. Yeah, I think sixteen out of nineteen is is a pretty good percentage of teams making it. You know, I came from uh, not not to belabor this point, but um, the state of Michigan. You know, you had to uh, actually have a decent season to 
to get into the to the postseason. That's more of a football argument than a basketball. And you and I, you and I have had that before. But I will say, going to when you look at the old system, you just took a shot at the Sodex 16, uh, saying that Sioux Falls has benefited from it. It was actually uh, the West River teams and some of the ESD teams were, were benefiting from the old system where you're guaranteed to get one team from each district in. So yes, that district yes. four, Stevens, Central, uh, Spearfish, Sturgis, whatever it was, even if none of the four were deserving, they're guaranteed to get one in. And, well, I don't and know if they're not deserving. Well, there were years when they perhaps were not. They would not have been in the top eight in terms of uh, power points. And then you look at you know District 3 was, was, was automatically getting one in as well. So you're having... You know, you're having a, a, a decent amount of the field taken up by essentially automatic bids for those two districts. This way, you know, the whole argument was let's get the best eight teams in the state tournament. That's why they did this. So now yeah. you just go one versus 16, two versus 15, three versus 14. Mm-hmm. And one, one game crapshoot. I hope Lincoln doesn't have a bad game. Well, that's, I, I'm telling you, my heart rate is going to be up because. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's. I think it's the best format in terms of getting uh, the best eight teams in the tournament. But uh, it is. You're right. It is a crapshoot, and anything can happen in a one game format. And basketball, you know that. I mean, you know that. That's that's what I've been saying. I just don't like the one game hitter. And and the old format wasn't great, but we played district tournaments and and the whole thing. Um, And they're not going to do the bottom eight, by the way, of of extra playing for double A. One more on this basketball double A girls. They discussed it. Hey, let's put all the tournaments in one city, AA, A, and B. You've been a proponent of this idea. We have a great facility in Rapid City. You have a great facility in Sioux Falls. Do you think this would be as good as people think, all classes in one city? I do, and I do. Th- I, I think it's, it's difficult for people in South Dakota to envision change. You know, we've had the same format. There's been a few tweaks, but it's essentially been the same format. For 30 years, you know, uh, with the under the three class system at least, and I really think that people need to start thinking about ways to add value and add excitement to the state tournament format. Uh, I, as you know, I've been talking about having it all in Sioux Falls for, for many years because Sioux Falls had the new, nice, brand spanky new Denny Sanford Premier Center. Now that Rapid City, and I said I'd be fair if Rapid City built yeah, a new arena, yeah. let's uh, let's split this thing up. Now you have double uh, A, double A A and B girls all on one site one weekend. You have double A A and B boys the following weekend. If you want to split, if you want to make it more of a Final Four format, where you just have the semifinals on Friday, you'd have six semifinal games on Friday, and you'd have that championship Saturday that everyone keeps talking about, uh, worth those three championship games. The thing, the value to it, in my mind, would be having it all in the same venue, but not just that, all in the same telecast. And right now, it's. I think the kids are getting cheated. I think fans, you know, not just parents, neutral fans, just fans of basketball in South Dakota have to go from live stream to live stream. You know, you have to be a freaking uh, computer wizard to uh, <laughs> to not miss any of the action uh, to, on these championship games, which are essentially occurring at the same time in different venues on different channels. And to me, that's not maximizing, number one, the revenue possibilities 
for the for the activity association, which also funds all the less the non revenue sports and all those state championships, whether it be golf, tennis, one act play, oral interpretation. The revenue sports pay for all that stuff, and so why not get as much revenue as you can when when the new contract the TV contract comes up and the gate revenue. But also the experience of the student athletes and, the, and for the fans. I, I really think sometimes we need to look without, look outside our comfort zones and find a new way to do this thing. It's interesting. I wouldn't be um, opposed to it. I'm not really super high on it necessarily because I say, well, um, let's just see. I want to make sure we don't have Class B championships at three in the afternoon or, or double A. I mean, I don't want to see Elliot Whitney playing a state title at three in the afternoon. I mean, I, I don't want to see that. Um, I think we. I think there'd be a special bylaw that Lincoln would always be in the prime time slot, oh, okay. but uh, at least, at least okay. for the next two years. Yeah, or double A. I know how you work. I understand. Yeah. Um, let me ask you really quick. Matthew Stafford, your boy. You're, everybody doesn't know Stu Whitney's a Detroit Lions guy, a Detroit Lions guy. You're a Michigan guy. Um, Matthew Stafford gets it done. I feel he never got a lot of credit um, th- during his career and even this season. Everybody, well, Cooper Cup this and Aaron Donald that. Matthew Stafford in the playoffs was really, really good. What are we going to remember about Matthew Stafford here when it's all said and done? I think just a great uh, grace under pressure guy. You know, even with the Lions, uh, was sort of known as the comeback kid. A lot of fourth quarter comebacks, uh, making making the right throw at the right time. Just a real smart, uh, a smart uh, guy who knows where the ball's supposed to go. You know, you saw the no look pass. Yeah, you know yeah. where he's kind of fooling the defense and throwing it, threading the needle to Cooper Cup. Uh, that takes physical attributes, but it also uh, takes a certain mindset and vision. And we saw glimpses of that with the Lions, and that's why it's so frustrating that it couldn't have come together. We couldn't have surrounded him uh, with more pieces where that could have happened with Detroit. But I think it was time to to move on. Our, uh, the Lions organization was fair to him to give him that shot. And, the, and Detroit did get – we got golf. We got uh, two first-round draft picks and a second-round pick. So it's not like it was charity. But uh, Were you rooting I, for him? You were rooting for him? Well, my my son got mad at me because I was rooting against the Rams all year because we had their the Lions had their number one draft pick. So the, the worse that they did, the higher the draft pick would be. Okay. <laughs> but, but once they got to the you know once they got to the Super Bowl, you're talking a difference of one, you know, thirty first pick or the thirty second pick. So I was rooting for him then and very happy to see. You know, he was drunk at the parade today. He, I saw he's that. Kind of, uh, he's going the Tom Brady route with that <laughs> and. Uh, um, but it's good to, see, good to see him be able to soak it in. I believe he didn't get enough credit. I, I just believe that. I don't know why. There's just certain guys like that. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins, uh, Matthew Stafford. I think Stafford needs to be in uh, the upper echelon now. I really do uh, with some of these quarterbacks. Stu Whitney on tonight on Twitter at Stu Whitney. He's got a busy basketball season. Best of luck to you guys, Stu. It's fun to watch. I appreciate you coming on. Nate, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for the time. Stu Whitney talking high school hoops and more live from Sioux Falls at Stu Whitney on Twitter. Let's talk more high school basketball on a Wednesday night with St. Thomas Moore boys basketball coach Dave Hollenbeck. He is live next. The Nate Brown Show. 
Hey, Black Hills, Boss Pizza and Chicken is now bringing you the best new sports bar in Rapid City. Grab your crew and check out the new Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar on North La Crosse Street. Same great pizza, chicken, and food you love from Boss, and now a full-service bar with beer, wine, and liquor. Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar is a newly remodeled sports bar with TVs all around and a sports ticker dedicated to local and regional sports. This is the place for sports fans in the Black Hills. The new Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar in North La Crosse and Rapid City. They're open early and open really late. Also with delivery at Boss Pizza chicken.com it's tax time and the time to buy is now at denny menholt rapid chevrolet we have local used vehicles from every major manufacturer cars and trucks to fit all your 2022 travel needs many price below nada book value choose from the largest selection of cars trucks and suvs in the black hills over 400 to shop from all credit applications accepted the right cars the right prices the right experience at denny menholt rapid chevrolet rapid city broadcasting from the anytime auto sales service and detail studio sales service and side-by-sides this is fox sports rapid city stuff tonight. Thanks for being on the program. We appreciate that. South Dakota Sports Talk Show from the biggest national names to the local sports newsmakers here on Fox Sports Rapid City, the Nate Brown Show Live. Remember, the podcast is up tonight. Packed show tonight. We talk Bob Nightingale baseball. Mike Wall, former Packers offensive lineman, just had Stu Whitney on from Sioux Falls. Give him that Sioux Falls perspective. Balanced, balanced, right? That's what he said. I got to provide some balance. Yes, of course. Um, and then we talk high school hoops. Let's do it tonight. St. Thomas More Boys Basketball. Another Black Hills Conference crown. Nobody's been able to take down St. Thomas More for a long time in the Black Hills Conference. As a matter of fact, you have to go all the way back. You got to go a long time back there when it comes to uh, like Custer. Custer back in the day. So the Cavaliers win another Black Hills Conference crown. Um, they have their sights set as the postseason looms. One game left for St. Thomas More. They've only lost twice this season through a tough uh, schedule. Dave Hollenbeck's the head coach for the Cavaliers. He's live on Fox Sports Rapid City. Coach, good to have you. Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Nate. Well, you uh, beat Hot Springs last night, so that uh, – uh, button that up, and and you win another Black Hills Conference crown. Um, how do you set out your goals when you get a program started at the beginning of the year? Well, you know, we're always uh, wanting to play for the uh, playoffs at the end of the year, which is trying to get to a state tournament and uh, hopefully have that opportunity to compete for a state championship, and that's very difficult to do. And and uh you know there there's just a lot of good competition east river so uh but we do set our uh sights pretty high and and that's our expectations as of now i want to ask you about uh this team here there's there was a little stretch where you weren't scoring as much um do you like where you've gone the last couple of weeks well, you know, I think we've made some improvements in a couple spots. Um, obviously, it's not where we need to be by the uh, for the end of the season, but um, I, I think we're getting better uh, at some areas. And, and the main thing is if we can get healthy now, and and uh, hopefully after Saturday when we play Hill City, we're going to have a two-week uh, break there. Hopefully, we can get uh, everybody healthy. 
Dave Holland back on St. Thomas More head boys basketball coach. I was talking to another coach. He said, man, St. Thomas More, you look at it, they play really hard. They play really hard. How do you get the guys to play hard every year? Well, it's just, uh, as we mentioned earlier, it's an expectation. You know, we, we have to play hard. We don't uh, we don't have all the, the great size and athletes that a lot of teams have, uh, especially East River. So it comes down to us having to work harder and, and hopefully uh, play a little smarter. You've had a tough schedule. How do you think this schedule's uh, played out? Um, it's been tough. Do you feel like it's benefited you, some of these tight losses to DeSmet, to Dakota Valley, and some of the big wins you've had? What do you think of the schedule preparation? Well, so far it's been pretty good. You know, we, we, the whole idea to, behind these uh, tougher games is to get us ready for postseason. So we'll see uh, here coming up if it worked. But, uh, you know, we do this every year. We basically uh, will travel about anywhere and play anybody. So... You know, that's just what we do every year. Dell Rapids, um, evaluate that win. I thought that was a pretty good win. What would you think of that team? You beat them by uh, double digits. Yeah, you know, they, they uh, jumped out on us early. They're very uh, quick, uh, athletic. They've got some nice guards, and, and they've got some good bigs that can run the floor well. Uh, you know, we, we didn't uh, get out of the gate too well and, and – uh, we're down early, but uh, I thought we did a nice job competing, fighting our way back in it, and and they were uh, a little bit better than I thought uh, from what I saw on film. They were they were a nice ball club, and I could see why they beat Sioux Falls Christian, and and they've they've got some good wins, so they're they're a nice team. St. Thomas Moore beat Del Rapids just recently, beat Hot Springs last night. One game left for the Cavaliers, only two losses this year. Dave Hollenbeck on tonight talking hoops as the State A Boys Tournament is here in town this year. So step-by-step, step, and, and I look at it and say, okay, now you look at Class A. Has this season played out how you thought? Dakota Valley's up there. You're in the mix. Sioux Valley. Um, who else is out there? I, I still think you're looking at Sioux Falls Christian, T Lennox, what, what are the what do you think of this uh, Class A field? Yeah, I think everybody you mentioned there um, is going to be uh, pretty solid. Uh, Flander has an opportunity now. I don't know over a, a three game stretch who's going to be able to pull it off. Uh, certainly, uh, Sioux Falls Christian and T, as you mentioned, have to be in the mix. And I know their records aren't great, but I, I said from the beginning it would be Sioux Falls Christian there at the top. They've lost some games, but uh, they've, they've got the toughest schedule in South Dakota. I saw that. They played a lot of big teams. Um, so you think Sioux Falls Christian still one of the teams to beat. So I'll ask you this. If you think about state tournaments, you guys got the Summit Arena. You're going to play in the brand-new arena here in Rapid City if you make it to state, okay, step-by-step. Step. But if you make it to state, what do you think of, well, it's Class A boys. Would you ever go down this road of doing all three classes in one location, as has been discussed? Uh, you know, I'd prefer not to, but, uh, you know, if that's what they decide, then, then we'll do that. Um, I, I like the idea of of uh you know these these being in different venues but you know i i you know i i don't really uh have strong feelings about it but um you know i i like the idea of uh changing cities and letting everybody have a part of it okay interesting um um from a class a side do you think hey it's kind of our own weekend or 
do you see the perspective? Well, maybe I could watch the B's and the double A's. Would coaches really do that? I don't know if coaches would do that. I've been told, well, we could watch all the tournaments. We'd watch all of the games. Yeah, I don't know if they would do that. Um, you know, I, I, I also uh, feel that the B's and the A's should have their uh, night to have their championship rather than having a championship starting in the afternoon and, and then, you know, you got to get out of the way and then the next one comes up. You know, I, I would assume they would go B-A-double-A and I'm not sure that's um, what's best for the a, uh, the, the B's and the A. But, um, you know, I guess it'd be interesting. I know a lot of other states do it, but I do think South Dakota's unique and we've got a a pretty good system in play right now. And, and I just like the idea that all these different cities can, can have a, a state tournament. Um, and if you get to doing it on where they're all together, that now you're in just Rapid City or you're just Sioux Falls. And do we have enough hotel rooms, you know, for all three tournaments? Because you know how Rapid City is when uh, there's a big event here and we're getting close to being short on hotel rooms. All of a sudden, prices get pretty high. Yeah, we've seen it um, with various events. Dave Hollenbeck yes. on tonight, St. Thomas Moore boys basketball coach. One more. Um, you've coached a long time, and uh, you still got a lot of juice, I think, left in you, Coach. Why, why do you want to keep on coaching here? We've seen a lot of guys um, wrap it up. Um, why do you keep coaching? Well, I'm in a good situation. Uh, I've got a, a good administration that supports us, and, and uh, you know we've got good families here. I've got some good uh, teams coming up, and I personally have a couple boys coming up still that are in the lower grades. So I've I've got a ways to go before this is over. Okay, I, I just heard about that. Some second grader. Okay, I won't say too much, but <laughs> I've heard about that. You got a ways. Uh, Dave Hollenbeck on tonight. St. Thomas Moore getting set. One game left in the regular season. Then it's tournament time. The state A's here in Rapid City could be some fun. Coach, uh, well done. Another title in the conference. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, Nate. I appreciate it. The Black Hills Conference again. Uh, the champs, St. Thomas Moore. I couldn't tell you how many years in a row, but it's ever you know, ever since I've been doing this, which I'm getting old. So um, that's the way that has been. St. Thomas Moore wins another Black Hills Conference title. Two losses on the year. That's it. And the Cavaliers, one of the favorites in Class A boys. Dave Holland back on tonight on Fox Sports Rapid City. Brought to you in part by Colin Siding. The Cavalier Report. Brought to you by Colin Siding. They want you to know. They will keep your house warm. How energy-efficient windows and doors. The company that the Black Hills have trusted, Collins Siding. For over 40 years now, they've been here, and they will take care of your house. No, a free, no-obligation estimate on your home's exterior needs. Just Google Collins Siding in Rapid City and get started. All right, who's hot and who's not? Who's hot and who's not? Brought to you by the Pizza Ranch. Are you ready for this? Okay. Are you ready for this? Pizza Ranch Buffet is ready to roll tonight. Kids night, one child 12 and under eats free for every regular priced adult. The Pizza Ranch Buffet, tonight, it's kids night. The buffet is open till 8 tonight. It's about dinner time. Get to the Pizza Ranch. In my who's hot category, I'm going to uh, throw this one out to you. Arch Manning is next year's number one high school football recruit. You know this. Arch Manning, it's Peyton Manning's nephew, Eli's K, their nephew, the the son of Cooper, the, the other brother. 
So Arch Manning is the number one recruit by all aspects in the whole nation. He's a quarterback. Imagine that. And Arch Manning has narrowed it down right now to which schools that he wants to go to. Here's the list right now. Arch Manning. It's a select number of schools. Number one recruit. Who's going to get Peyton and Eli's nephew? The six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound quarterback will put these schools on his list: Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, Florida, and LSU. There's the top six. Any surprises in there? Man, I don't know. Ole Miss. Well, you have Manning connection there. Texas, interesting. Florida, interesting. A lot of SEC, a lot of SEC there. As a matter of fact, it's all SEC when Texas gets in. All SEC. Arch Manning, number one recruit, saying there's the top six, according to his father, telling 24 Sports today, 24-7 Sports today. In our Pizza Ranch Who's Not category, it's this story that I heard today with Major League Baseball star Juan Soto. Juan Soto, a great young star for the Washington Nationals. Before the lockout, he was offered a 13-year, $350 million extension. That's $27 million a year until he's 36. That'll be like the end of his career, basically. He was offered. You're good to go, Juan Soto. The Nationals will go 13 years, $350 million. Boom. Guaranteed. Done. Juan Soto, the Washington Nationals, before the lockout, was offered that and turned it down. He's going to wait until he's a free agent, and he thinks he can get even more. Hmm. Risky. Risky. I would have taken that one. (laughs) We all would have taken it. That's interesting. We'll discuss that more. Back tomorrow on the Nate Brown Show at 4. Thanks for listening. Check the podcast. It'll be up tonight. Good show uh, tonight, and the Odd Couple takes over right now.